Cassidy now. You don't want to get him upset. Throws thunder, Sam Cassidy. Definitely blood from the mouth. He's a big boy, though. Swinging left from Cassidy. Mm, big left again. Welcome oh, to Striker Chat, bringing you the characters of Australian Muay Thai and MMA with your host, Nak Moy Sam Cassidy and not so Nak Moy old man Bill Cosby. Uh, Bundy. All set for this super heavyweight clash in the red corner, Samuel Cassidy. Welcome to episode two of Striker Chat. In today's episode, we discuss what's installed for the fight scene after the lockdowns here in Melbourne. We chat with owner of Superfight Gym in St Kilda, Don Miller. We also chat about the different styles of Muay Thai and how the f- and how foreigners are taking over. <laughs> hey, I don't know, mate. Let's get the fuck into it anyway. <laughs> I tried the fucking intro. We did. But yeah, <laughs> how you been, my man? How you been, Sammy? Good, born, good, mate. Good to be back. Yeah, excited again, man. It was yeah. you know shook off our nerves from the last one, our first episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, a lot of good feedback from everyone, which is good. So ah, that's why good. we're back for round two. Yeah, mate. People oh. are listening, so ah, no, we something to do. Really like, um, really, really want to thank you guys for the support out there and everything. If you, if you guys would like and subscribe to us on. Inst- not Instagram, uh, iTunes, <laughs> Spotify, and SoundCloud. It just helps our algorithm, brings brings more traffic towards us. Again, guys, yeah, we really appreciate everyone giving us a bit of feedback, you know, a little bit of uh, criticism every now and then, not too much, hopefully, but <laughs> just enough to uh, you know give you guys what you want to listen to as well, because so far, we were, like I said, we're really enjoying the process, so it, it's good, mate, and we both made, you know, we can talk shit underwater, so yeah, exactly. we're here for a, for a good time, and hopefully a bit of... Uh, Provide something for you guys to listen to, and also I would like to thank Matthew for uh, doing the. Uh, the thank you to Matthew, the producer. producer, the producer. So during the week, man, Hammer, he's just announced um, the sixteenth of October, Warriors Way. Warriors Way, mate. So I think from memory, the longest running show in Melbourne, Muay Thai based show in Melbourne that's mm. active. So I think he's up to seventy nine or eighty odd shows. Jesus, that's a that's a fair work. So what about yeah. the, the size size um, promotion? He's He's been around for He's a while. He's been around right? for a while, but I'd say he probably only have about half the amount of shows that Hammer's yeah. been on so far. But, but then, would you say them two are the, the bigger the bigger promotions in the country? Or definitely. Yeah. Oh, in Victoria. In not Victoria, so much the yeah. country, but they're definitely the two biggest promotions in mm. Melbourne. And Hardcore's breathing down their neck, which is good. Yeah. You've obviously had power play in that around for a while, but they're more kickboxing. But yeah. Yeah. For the Muay Thai industry, it's definitely been purely Muay Thai is definitely Sai and Rebellion. Yeah. But Hammer's been, you know, he, he throws a few K1 you know, shit fights in there every now and then, but <laughs> <laughs> we but can talk yeah. about that later. But uh, that's yeah, eighteenth of October is scheduled for. So mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, all going forward with the way the world is and all this, you know, the C nineteen. We won't say the C word, but <laughs> with all this shit going on with that, hopefully the eighteenth of October has been, you know, it's going to be confirmed and we can get that going. But we shall wait and see. We're going to throw our boys in there as well. With Super yeah, Fighters I was going to say, were there any, like, be going to um, have any of the boys out of this gym? Uh, out? Well, as soon, <laughs> as, soon as there's know. a show, man, we, you know, like Don throws the boys' names in no matter what. Mm. They get matched and then we go from there. So You got, you were talking about like um, that if they were going to do a big fight, like you were saying that there could be a 30-card fight. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> it's, it's almost getting to that stage where, like I was saying, I even had a, I ran into Hammer and Cy um, mm. a couple of days ago. 
and just had you know we're having a joking chat about like how the stadiums can sometimes work in Thailand and it might be an option that the boys are only going to get a week or two's notice to be able to get onto a fight mm. card so you know stay relatively ready which like we you know we touched on with Blake isn't yeah, the easiest of yeah. things but relatively ready where you can go at the drop of a hat and say all right we're on two weeks you know mm. we're gonna we're not gonna get locked down between now and then hopefully do you think that's gonna be that's gonna be the norm <laughs> for for uh, for the uh, for well, the fighters like, in Australia it's all uncharted territories you know yeah. with, uh, with the C19 so we don't know what's gonna happen but yeah like Sai was talking about adapting and doing a a pay-per-view scenario where we won't have a crowd yeah that, that, that's 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 it uh, might have that's to a really know, good people, idea, people buy their tickets virtually and yeah get their codes but then there's also the thing if you do that you can have 15 people in one house on that one subscription so uh, you know the money uh, the money is going to be hard to make so yeah but as an industry hopefully everyone gets together and we can figure something out and at least get all the fighters a go and then well, the goal post seems to change all the time, and it's just uh, the, these promoters and fighters are adapting. All well, the promoters, especially, yeah, you know, they they really adapt well, and and they work. They make sure that they get these fighters a yeah, fight. Credit to them, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's easy enough with the way the world's been to just go, ah, f- you know, stuff it. When it gets back to normal, we'll go again. Mm. But they try, you know, and it it always gets down to the last hour, and then they f- yeah. they get fucked on, you know. But like we said, they try and we. We can't say thank you enough for everyone that's having a go, you know. Yeah. Marks, I, or both Marks. But hopefully soon enough, man, we're all at a show having a beer, watching some good quality Australian Muay Thai. Getting back to normality. Because of the, because of the pandy and everything like that, it, you, with the guys fighting here on these cards in Victoria, it'll only be Victorian fighters coming out of here, yeah? There won't be any interstaters, will there? there I, won't I don't even think there's going to be go any under, interstaters to at any interstate shows now. So it's just going to be the, the, the state's... <laughs> it's going to be WA fighters, WA, WA promotions. Yeah. Are they, I know there's been talks of um, Mark Pease and that, that his boys are willing to do their quarantines and stuff like that, which mm. is, you know, another... It just shows that people want the fights, you know what I mean? But yeah. it's just not as easy as it is. But like I said, credit to them again for willing for being willing to do that. Yeah. But that might end up being the way, you know, like... Fair enough, these boys that are travelling overseas, the higher-level boys that are getting the good fights on that and they're doing their quarantine, but... So you have to quarantine interstate's a bit rough. But yeah, it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And some of these boys, like everyone knows, the Muay Thai pay packets aren't that great. Yeah. So to then have to do two weeks in quarantine with no pay is a huge sacrifice. Mm-hmm. But sacrifice that it seems that some people are willing to make just because they want to get a fight. Yeah. Well, um, I remember Al come over here a couple of months ago. It just um, was at the end of last year. Was, um, he had a fight. He come here, I think there was, he didn't have to quarantine here. He had his fight, then he went back home, but he had to quarantine when he had b- b- went back to Perth. Yeah. So, that's what so yeah. It's always, everyone always talks about, oh, the sacrifices, the sacrifices, but now it's a different type of sacrifice <laughs> yeah. just to get through it, you know? It's a lonely sport, and then you're going to be stuck in your room two weeks, and, you know, mm. imagine you just come off a big loss or something like that, and you're, you're alone in a room for two weeks. Yeah. It's not going to be too fucking oh, fun, no, you know? Oh, no, shit. So there's a lot that it's goes into it, a lot of consideration <laughs> that you have to fucking put in. Even though the, the states are just holding their own fighters... With the promotions, there's some still good quality fighters coming out of these oh, uh, mate, uh, out of these states, though. Well, you know? like you know, we've got match for the main event of Rebellion is Alexi Petrulius and River Daz. Yeah, yeah. River yeah. started off uh, as a kickboxer, and he, he I think he fought on Lion Fight or Glory. I think it might have been Glory, mm-hmm. which is the top kickboxing promotion. But see, 
everyone's always questioned him in the clinch, but apparently his clinch is really strong, which is going to be good. So yeah, Alexi's obviously been around for a long time. He's inducted in the Rebellion Hall of Fame. Oh wow, he's is you know, jeez, he's a lovely gentleman too. That's Alexi. a great concept what they're doing there, a, a, a Hall of Fame. That's that's really. Uh, I think it was the first tradition. It was. It was the first inductee into the Rebellion Hall yeah. of Fame. So that'll be a good fight, you know. And like, like we're saying, each state is gradually getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Muay Thai, you know, as a whole in Australia, it's, Australia, yeah. it's gaining popularity. You know, whether that be through the, you know, the likes of social media and stuff like that, doesn't matter. The more people are getting into the gym. Hmm. Obviously, everyone started as a beginner somewhere. So, as a whole, Muay Thai in Australia is growing. Who yeah. the most dominant state is is the question that's up for grabs. Yeah. Personally, I'd, I'd have to stick with Perth. I think Perth yeah. are the most dominant. You know, you well, got well, Toby's. Hey, hey, wait Steffen, a minute, mate. You know what? That. I reckon we should get Donnie in. Yeah. Well, no, you no, no, yeah I think he's been, a, he's been around for a while. He's been around for a little bit. He's been, <laughs> he's been around for a while, and uh, I think he will have a bit of knowledge on who... We'll touch on the best. Yeah, mates. exactly. After the break, <laughs> we, chat with, we chat with the Don. <laughs> we find out where it all began. And we're back. Donnie's been a staple in Australian Muay Thai for many years now. Producing champions the likes of Mike 300, Sam Bark, Pixie Brolin, Tim Payne, Tim Payne, Tiff Lamb, <laughs> Lucy Payne, and Joel Fisher. <laughs> Let's give a striking warm welcome to the man, the myth, the legend, Donnie Miller. How you going, Donnie? Good boys, very good. Good to see you again. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mr. Donnie, mate. Let's get straight into it, yeah? Let's get right into it. All right, let's go back. Where, you, where were you born? Uh, I was born in Stirling, Scotland. The nice. Very long time ago. Ish. Shout out to our uh, hopeful Scottish listeners out there. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, so from Scotland, you went to, is that where you went to New Zealand? Yeah, 81. Travelled to Wellington. Long way, other side of the world. It's a long boat (laughs) ride. (laughs) And then uh, moved up to Auckland a few years later. How old were you when you moved to Uh, New Zealand? Nine, nine years old. Nine. So you didn't have a Scottish accent? No, No, I lived around the UK, so I had a Geordie accent. Oh, you had a Geordie accent. Cockney accent. Ah. Scottish accent. You got the Scottish uh, drinking abilities, though, didn't we? 100%. <laughs> the main qualities there. All right. So, yeah. So, we've gone from Scotland and you moved over to the, the land of the long white cloud, the beautiful Aotearoa. Mm-hmm. Um, so, was it in New Zealand that your your Muay Thai journey started? Yeah, definitely. Um, sort of 20 years old, 21. Sort of found Muay Thai um, and never looked back. Had a fu- had a Thai trainer, so the f- the g- first gym that I was at um, was Part Thai Gym. It was a Thai guy, very well known. He's still around. I think he's up north now, Whangarei or somewhere. Um, very famous guy because he he's a bigger Thai, so he fought a lot of the uh, he fought every every guy middleweight and heavier in New Zealand back in the late 80s, early 90s. So he had a he had a gym, Part Thai Gym, which was out west. I think it was in Henderson when I first went there. Oh, yeah. And I was out, uh, where was I? East. I was out Beachlands Way, um, Moraitai. Yeah. So, yeah, started training then. Started the fighting. Land. Oh, yeah. So, 
the the transition to getting into that first class of Muay Thai was that was it you know one of the one of your mates was like you know we're gonna go try this out where you've been yeah. rap bags on the streets yeah, or you yeah. know yeah well um, growing up in South Auckland was um, quite colourful <laughs> as you can imagine if anyone knows what South Auckland's like Rewa so I was a bit of a scallywag kicked out of all my schools I went to and up to no good so basically. Um, sh- it would have been great if I'd found Muay Thai like at 13, 14, but I didn't find it till much later on. Was an established gym? I mean, back in the day, Muay Thai wouldn't have been a thing. You know, like, no one would have known what Muay Thai um, was. I, you know, like most people did the karate kung fu thing as, as a youngster on and off. All and those martial arts, yeah. All the, the martial arts. Martial yeah. Arts, yeah. And, um, you know, you realize it's it didn't work. It didn't work on the street. No. Um, and then what I went... Called, what is it called? A kata or something like that? When they do them... Like all the forms, move, yeah. The form movements? Yeah, the martial arts we did, um, they didn't work. Uh, went along to a <laughs> Muay Thai show out in Henderson, which is actually part Thai sh- show. So it was probably, I don't know, maybe his fifth... Full contact. Yeah, Muay Thai. And um, I'd never seen it live before. Yeah. And then I saw this gym, uh, just all their guys pretty much had like 90% wins against all the other gyms. Mm. And there's a lot of hybrid gyms around as well that but weren't kick, traditionally... The kickboxing um, well, Muay Thai. Yeah, like Kung Fu, Karate backgrounds. Oh, right. Yeah. Sort of tr- giving Muay Thai a go and getting smashed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I saw a big show at the Mandalay, which is a um, is a function... Great Burmese city. No, I'm only joking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a function centre in Auckland. I think Philip Lamb... Um, he was like the godfather of um, you know Muay Thai in in New Zealand in New Zealand yeah. in Auckland. He put the show on and um, and basically I was you know I was hooked from there. Yeah. So that in. was the first time you ever seen Muay Thai. Yeah. Did they have the like the the, the, I the, saw the orchestra playing and then? Uh, I think they had the you know the old cassette playing there, <laughs> the Thai music back in those days. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, it was pretty. It was it was an amazing time. Yeah, and there were some famous fighters back then. Like um, that, uh, Partai Jim had a few good guys. Alan Drew was one of them. Mm. Angus Burrell was another. So these are big New Zealand Muay Thai names. names. Yeah, yep. North Island champs. Um, then they had the Liga Balmoral Lolo Himalis Jim. Yeah, um, he had a lot of guys. Ray Sofu, Jason Vamoa, uh, John Conway. Uh, they had the most champions, and yeah, we get to, we got to see them fight all the time, mm. and um, yeah, just hooked from there. Yeah, Lolo's still getting around to this day because he's he training is. the majority of the uh, the UFC boys that are, the, you know, he's the striking coach for a lot of them still. So he's doing really, really well with that. Yeah, he's a gentleman too, lovely guy, very great trainer, amazing trainer. There's a uh, it's a little bit off topic, but just while you reminded me of the name, so City Kickboxing. Is the most predominant gym now in New Zealand. Auckland, New Zealand's got like that Israel mm. Adesanya and all the UFC boys. The head coach of that who's become renowned as the one of the best coaches in the world. He was one of Lolo's boys as well, yeah, Eugene okay. Behrman. So I, I think I've got that correct. Or they they use the same striking patterns or something like that because Lolo right. had a, a, you know, a bit of a different pattern to how he went about things. Mm-hmm. But so anyway, so you've gone, you've seen the show. You and your did you go by yourself? Did you, you and your mates go? You know what? We'll go and have a go at this. It's Mutu, the the Mui Thai. Mai Thai, the Mai Thai, the Mai Thai. The Mai Thai, the cocktail. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I must have went with a good mate of mine, uh, Todd Keedwell, who is a very well-known fighter in in Auckland, in New Zealand, who's now uh, over in Perth. Um, Hopefully Todd gets to listen to this. and Shout out to you, Toddy, mate. Shout out to you, Toddy boy. 
Todd and I were involved in the uh, American Pitbull Terrier scene uh, oh, quite yeah. heavily as uh, teenagers. And that's how we f- we found Muay Thai through the dogs, actually. Through pit bulls? Yeah. Funnily enough, I'm just going to pull it back to when I grew up in the 80s in Perth, when Muay Thai was starting to pull. And all the Blairs, mates, you did, you got, it, this, is the th- this is the trinity that you had to have. You did Muay Thai, you had Tats, <laughs> and you had a pit bull. Those three boxes, yeah, for sure, because he was boxes. into the game dogs as well. And we know um, yeah. the same people, actually. Uh, and you know it's a small it is a very small world all right so do you do you rem- remember like your your first session like the first time you went into the gym do you do you remember anything about I remember it? Like, walking anything yeah out? yeah i remember walking into um <coughs> part-time gym in henderson i think it was on a saturday and i i just like holy shit these guys are the real deal they had a lot of ties there as well and just the way they kicked the bag was just fucking amazing like just so sharp so fluid um and it was probably about 20 to 25 students in the gym all of them were fighters so that was the thing they were like all of all of ties we call them thai partize um fighters were uh, students sorry were all fighters it wasn't the other way around it wasn't like 90 percent training and 10 percent fighters it was and all of them so on that welcoming very welcoming yeah, yeah. The, the first guys I remember were actually the Thai brothers. Oh, yeah. Daniel Thai and Raph. Oh, yeah. Um, it's going back. <laughs> yeah, it's going way back. I think it was around 94. And um, Part Thai was really welcoming. A good old school hard trainer as well. Um, Alan Drew was very intimidating. He was like, we call him like the mini Mike Tyson, like a redheaded version. <laughs> Short, stocky little uh, <laughs> Southpaw fisherman. Like yeah. to drink, like to smoke, but... Um, He's a hard boy. He's knocked out a, a few names and, um, over the years, yeah. And then so fast forward from there, how, how long did you spend training before you you jumped in by, you know, finally got your night uh, to have a fight? Five months. Five months from scratch. Yeah. Um, from scratch? Yeah, yeah. Shit. Five months. Obviously did a little bit of uh, street work before yeah, that. Yeah, and, and a few figured out what in the goes street. first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The left yeah, goes I before the right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like the Muay Thai because it's basic and it, and it just... It was so uh, natural to the body, you know, like how to throw a punch, how to knee, how to kick. There was nothing flash about it, you know, low kicks, hard knees. So um, five months training, fought a young fella, young Māori boy. Um, I, I can't remember his name, but fucking poor kid. I put him away in like the first round and I think he went back to rugby after that. <laughs> I think I had about five, five straight wins. Until I ran into a little tie that was on the circuit over there, Konkiat. Tim was um, what the Kiwis called him. And um, when I found out that my trainer had put me in with him, I was shitting myself. I was like, fuck, I'm not ready to fight <laughs> that guy, man. I've just seen him uh, fight the proper pro guys and yeah. give most of them hidings. And anyway, yeah, I ran into him and that was my first loss over there okay. uh, on points, little southpaw. And, yeah. and so touching on that, so from that loss... Did you think, wow, that's the level I've got to get to? Or were you thinking, fuck this, I don't want to fight with these people anymore? Yeah, I just realized, you know, the it's just so natural to them, obviously, because they start younger. But um, no, it gave me a bit of a boost. And um, I had a couple more fights than I um, headed across the Tasman to Melbourne. So um, did you fight over here in, in Australia? Did you, what gym did you come? Did you uh, go to a gym in yeah, Australia? Yeah, yeah. I, I came, we were, I was living in um, Wheeler's Hill, which yeah, is yeah. near Glen Waverley part of Glen Waverley I think and mm. I would 
finish work all day and drive to um, Fitzroy Stars um, gym up in Gertrude Street. And uh, my trainer was the Dana, the trainer, Dana Goodson. That was oh my right. first trainer in Melbourne. And um, yeah, I'd get up there as early as I could after work yeah and get some rounds in and sparring and clinching and that was that was the first gym that i went to i think in melbourne and that was um where i spent a few years so i had i think it was early 97 97 so yeah came over and then 90 uh july july mid i can't remember the date but sometime in july that year i won the australian um, ISKA featherweight title. Okay. For Dana. What is I, what's ISKA? Is that l- just uh, the international kickboxing yeah, type of? Uh, so yeah. Yeah. It's not a Muay Thai sport kickboxing association. Okay. Yeah. Something like that. Oh, um, congratulations! So, so back then it was <laughs> ISKA, WKA. Thank you. And <laughs> WMC was just starting to emerge. Yeah. So yeah, I fought a young guy, Sunny Action from South Australia, who was f- Cambodian or Lao. Um, and he d- he was like the state champion there. So you touched on fifty stars. I, I remember a few names. Fitzroy stars. Fitzroy yeah. stars. Sorry, yeah. not fifty stars. Fitzroy stars. That w- yeah, they had some big big names there. I was trying to think of one I ran into the other. Uh, the dragon. Was that his name? Paul. Paul, Paul Lee. Yeah. No, yeah. he was at Malvern. Malvern. Malvern okay, yeah, Malvern okay. Martial Arts. That was a bit later on. Is it so, how uh, long we? How long did you stay at at um, Fitzroy Stars for? Uh, I was there from ninety seven to ninety nine. And it was kickboxing back then, so which I never fought. Um, thank God, <laughs> we did. I did have nine fights lined up in that time that all fell through while I was in training camps, and the guys changed their mind. They didn't want to fight Muay Thai. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah, I was with Dana for two years, and then um, I t- I went over to Perth. I think it was '97 or '98. And that's, uh, I flew over on my own. Dana's like, you're going to go to Perth, Dan? And it's okay. Uh, I've got a mate over there. He's, he's one of my old fighters, uh, Ron Parr. He's going to pa- look Ron after Parr. you. Yeah. Ron so Parr. I flew, I flew over and I met Ron and stayed with him and his wife. And um, I fought, uh, uh, the gym was called Jeff Devine. And I, I, I think Jeff. He's the one of the pioneers. Blair's, yeah, definitely. well, that's Blair's, one of Blair's trainers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The gym was called Sachin Chai. Yeah, I fought his son. I moved up two weight divisions f- to featherweight to lightweight, and mm. uh, I was the main event. Fought his son. I think his son's name's Mark. Mark Devine. That's yeah. correct. Very strong boy. Mm. Very hard. Very working, traditional. Traditional, yeah. serious guys. Yeah. You know, like you never see them smile. You know what I mean? And so I fought him main event, and Blair was actually on the undercard. Was he? that show, yeah, like at middleweight. So you didn't even, y- y- your best mates at the middleweight. Yeah, so we, we actually yeah. met, pr- would have been 98, that's when we met. Yeah, and, um, oh, he was big back then. I lost the fight on points, and I remember Ron Parr was like, you won that, that was <laughs> bullshit. And I'm like, nah, I think I lost, man. He's like, nah. And anyway, yeah. I went back to Melbourne, and Ron Parr eventually moved over to Melbourne, to Victoria, for for, you know, for reasons yeah. I won't go into. And he started teaching um, at Marvel Martial Arts, Peter Lewis's gym. Yeah. And he had, and back then it was Nick Cara and Nick Talakouris. They're the, uh, the main, Nick Talakouris was one of Dana's students that went out and, and we're talking like early kickboxing style yeah. sort of um, fighters. He, he was the head trainer at Marvel Martial Arts. 
and um, that's where Sam, that's where uh, Paul Lee was, who was a bit, I don't know, 10 years younger than me, I think. Yeah. So I moved to Marvel Martial Arts because I liked, I liked uh, the way Ron was traditional Thai-style trainer. And I said goodbye to Dana, and we were always close and good friends and stayed in touch. And, um, yeah, I, uh, I went out on my own around 2000, 2001. That's when I opened Superlek Gym out in Clayton. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. A lot of people forget about that, that there was a, there was a home before before the dynasty mm-hmm. of Superfight. So after you'd left Marvel Martial Arts, so that period between 99 to 2001, how, did you have a few fights for the for Marvel Martial Arts? Or uh, for Ron? Yeah, yeah. I had a few more with Dana. Um, I fought mainly Asian guys because of featherweight. There was a lot of, you know, Cambodians, Lao. Um, I went to... Uh, at that stage, Bunchu shows were kicking off up in the Gold Coast yep. with Ray Matsumura and um, and Wayne Parr. And uh, anyway, so I fought in Japan. I got a, uh, an offer to go fight in Japan, uh, and that was November 99. Okay. I yep. think that was my last fight, um, and then I retired. So it would have been 2000. I was started to teach, but I was always holding pads and teaching anyway. Yeah. Even from even back in 1995, back in New Zealand, I was training a young young fella in my garage who ran away from home. Oh yes, I so I just loved training from day one, teaching and training people. So and yeah. I knew I was going to be a trainer. It was just a matter of time. And on the way back from Japan, when I fought, uh, Ray said, "You you love the sport. You're getting a bit older." Um, you know, I can see that you're a good trainer and you love it. Why don't you open your own gym? And so we had a chat about that, and that's when I opened um, Superlake Gym in Clayton. Oh, well, let's let's just give ourselves a bit of a break here now. We'll get a glass of water, and we'll get cracking into it after that, and see. Obviously, we'll go through the the journey of Superlake, and then obviously onto where we are now, the mecca of a Melbourne Muay Thai super fight. Sounds good. And uh, and welcome back. So, where we left off, we left off with Superlek. Your the f- was that the first gym you you opened up? Yeah, that's the gym I had in Clayton. Is that yeah. your name, Superlek? Is it? No, it was actually just a name I liked, and it was also a name of a fighter I really liked as okay. well. He was a little guy, a little Thai guy, and uh, Lumpany champ. I think he was like. Did you say that was you were Lumpany? He was so fifty-nine kilo um, champion, I think, and. A great little fighter, you know. Cause yeah. You know, I like to follow the little guys, and there's plenty of them <laughs> in Muay Thai. <laughs> so um, I opened yeah. that gym prior prior to that. That was around uh, 2000, end of 2000, 2001. Mm. Um, I took a tour to Thailand at the end of 2000. And guys like uh, Ben Spivak and Brett Frank Franklin and John Purcell, and uh, that was my second time in Thailand. First time I went over was 98, and that. Uh, Darren Reese really helped me. Yeah, he came up to me after a show in Melbourne after I fought this kid from I think he was Cambodian, and um, I knew he was straight away because he he, st- he stood out, you know, like diamond <laughs> earrings and clean cut. I think he had a turtleneck. How are you, Daz? <laughs> um, so we we lived. He lived out. He was training out in um, Ultimate in I think Sunshine or St Albans mm. with um, Johnny Sheeter and that. So. 
we we caught up and I had a garage at home and the kick bag and everything and we'd, he'd come and train whole pads and clinch and um, we started talking about getting me to Thailand because he'd already been over a few times and so I went over uh, I think it was March 98 and we went and I trained in Sang Morakot Gym Nakong Tong Pak Yu was the I think sponsor name which had a lot of it was proper A class Thai gym concrete you know 20 30 fighters and you know no westerners me and me and uh, Daz there and uh Jack 300 was there too he was just a kid he was 14 Pinsiam Lantiam some really good names um stayed there about 5 weeks actually had my first fight in Thailand at uh, Raja Stadium Rajatanam Rajatanam Stadium uh, that would have been Jesus. April uh <laughs> on a Sunday afternoon what year is this? What year is this? 98. 98. There wouldn't yeah. have been many foreigners. What are oh they call foreigners? For lungs or for lungs? For lungs, yeah. There wouldn't have been any of you white fellas there. No, not in the... St- it was all ties on the show that I fought on on the Sunday. Mm. Um, and uh, it was amazing. Did I they treat you... Did they, did they go, oh, let's get this, get these boys and just fucking treat them and just smack... Did they throw you around and oh, smack mate, you around like, like they uh, normally do? Learning how to clinch in Thailand, <laughs> oh, mate. Oh, they so you spend most time on the floor. Sliding yeah. around the canvas. I know how that feels. Um, after a month, though, I got pretty strong. Yeah. Um, when I got back to Australia, I was like, I remember clinching with Chris Allen, the Manchester machine. Mm. He was a welterweight. And he fought Wayne Parr, fought everyone, Marcus Mangan um, and Prince Amir. I Jeez, remember, I remember throwing him. I remember throwing Tibor. So, you know, 45 minutes clinching every day yeah. with with you know 60 kilo ties you get strong you and blair are pretty much big on clinching you do a lot of clinching like today yeah. we, i mean yeah, yeah yeah today we we clinch for half an hour yeah yeah clinching is an art form and it's a big part of muay thai i love mm. it um and you know if you're not clinching every day you're not really training muay thai so yeah you true. need to be yeah I've, I've noticed it obviously myself being here for a few years now that it's probably your what I, is it right to say your preference in in a fighter or teaching like more of a Muay Thai style? Um, I reckon my philosophy is everyone's different and if you try and just make like everyone in my gym like the fighters after a year know how to clinch. Some are better than others. Some excel at it and they're the ones you'd, I'd turn into a Muay Thai. Yeah. The rest of them would, you know, some of them are strikers, you know, some of them are big punches. So it all depends on the, depends on the individual. Um, and I just like to give everyone their style that I think suits them. Sorry, and that's what I've done over the years. You were Muay Cow. I've, I've heard the expression. I've heard that. It's what like m- a knee knee stylist. Is that just yeah. a different style of, of yeah. Muay Thai? Yeah, yeah. Muay Cow. So, so that's like knees and... Yeah, clinching, yeah. knees, throws, the whole the whole package. And yeah. I, I wasn't really a Muay Cow, cow style fighter. I mean, I could clinch pretty well and thro- throw a lot of hard bony straight knees but um i didn't even know about that when i was fighting you know it was just straight in fight as much as you can you know we didn't we uh, you know i'm i'm like if what i know now compared to what i knew back then i couldn't fight now obviously but i know like yeah the way our trainer taught us it was just get in run skip shadow on the bag then you're on pads you spar an hour clinch half an hour you didn't put much technique into it but that's what i do in my i'm the opposite i'm yeah. i'm a lot of technique with my students you know well it's become synonymous in the you know the, especially the australian muay thai scene 
that anyone coming out of Superfight, they will know how to clean. Yeah. So it's a prerequisite yeah. of yours. Some gyms, you see them, they're a bit lazy, you know what I mean? They they rely on their, you know, whatever, their flashiness or mm. things like that. But I enjoy it, man. They're like you said, like I, when I travel to Thailand, obviously it's a bit different for me. I'm, you know, six foot five and 140 kilos. Yeah. So, but clinching's always yeah, my favourite. Yeah, you can favorite. clinch really well, Sam, for a big guy, someone you'll build, you know all the ins and outs. And that's, um, and that, that, that's part of the reason why I was driven here, you know what I mean? But So back, Back to your your adventures in Thailand. So Darren mm-hmm. Reese, obviously a good character. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't know that he was out here. For, I always thought he was a Perth boy through yeah, and through. Yeah, no, he was in Melbourne for a few years. He he fought. He, he just was racking up fights every month. Yeah, kickboxing, Muay Thai, whatever was going. And um, then he went out on his own as well. Uh, uh, Ridley's gym. Yep, started out in the garage, trained a world champion in his garage. It was Eugene, I think. Um. Yeah, uh, and that all most, all the most Perth the, boys. Sorry, yeah, the Perth boys. I mean, <laughs> you're talking about garage and and sheds yeah. and everything. Like I remember Jeff Devine in Gosnells in WA. There, he had a shed, a small, small shed, and he had like maybe dumbbells and, and a bench press and bags. Obviously, Did, I don't think he had a ring back then, but I remember he was like, um, if you went there. And you weren't a fighter and you were brand new. It was like a 10K run straight up. It was always a 1 or 2K to warm up. And yeah, But if you went there, it was like, if you if you survived it, you yeah. can come well, to the gym. That's where Blair came from. They're talking about, I mean, it's very, it was, yeah, very yeah. traditional. I only think I only trained there once as a kid. <laughs> and I said, no, nah, I'm not fucking coming back here. <laughs> <laughs> from St. Marricot, you back to Melbourne? Back to Melbourne. Teaching all the kickboxing boys a lesson in the ring. Yeah. Showing them what the tight clinch is really about. Yeah. And then, so from there, talk to us more or less. So I know you spent a lot of time in Thailand, got a lovely Thai beautiful wife, mm-hmm. Thai kids. So that first trip to Thailand, was that just... That was an, an eye-opener. Opener? Yep. I remember Darren and uh, there's a very well-known uh, fighter from WA called um, Timor. Yep. Or Timor, sorry, Timor. Yeah. Um, Dale, I think is his last name. And he was like, a, I don't know, 60. He actually fought Borkow. Um, him and Darren were, were him and Darren Reese were like brothers. They went everywhere together, trained together. You know, um, I remember Darren and Tibor and myself, Timor, sorry, we went to. They took me to Pattaya, <laughs> and they had these go- the gorgeous, sin. they had these gorgeous girls with them. <laughs> no, no, wait, don't, don't wait a minute. Wait, okay. What happens if Pattaya stays no, in Pattaya, well, mate? mate, mate <laughs> I was just just the kid, you know, grew up in Auckland and. You know, it was an eye. It was an it's eye. It's a long, long yeah, way yeah. from Rewa. <laughs> a long way from Rewa. That's for sure. I, rem- <laughs> I remember. I was so serious about my training, and I'm like, "Why are we here? You know, <laughs> why are we?" Here? So we walked into this bar, and it was like, you know, hot chicks everywhere. You know, the disco, the lights going, and I'm like, "Oh man, I don't belong here." And I turned around, <laughs> and I made a Jesus. I if you can tell yourself that now, high t- <laughs> I hightailed it out of there, believe it or not. And as I walked out of the, because I didn't even say goodbye to Darren, I just turned around and went, I'm going back to my hotel room because this is, you know, this is too much. And as I walked out, I'll never forget, there was a baby elephant out on the street having a piss that I had to kind of walk, walk around to get past. And I was like... What the fuck? Where am I, man? It's a fucking elephant in the streets. It's like Alice in Wonderland. You don't know what's going on. And I was like, I ran back to the hotel room and and crashed out. 
and I think we went back to Bangkok the next the next day. I can't remember. But oh. um, see, funnily enough, the the very first Thai experience I ever had to was in Pattaya, but mine was and I still to this day it still strikes me as weird. I was sixteen with my best mate at the time from school, and he goes, "Oh, my parents are going over to Thailand." <laughs> This is before, you know, I'd, and even then I didn't develop that much of an interest then. But he, he was a Russian family and he goes, oh, we're going to Thailand. And I went over and, and then we stayed in Pattaya for the whole two weeks. And I'm like, <laughs> looking back at it now, I'm like, what the hell was that family doing? Because <laughs> they'd be like, oh, kids going off, you know, do what you want to do. And, and yeah, I'm like, what As long f- as you're home by 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah. And I was 16, you know what I mean? You yeah. go to Thailand, they didn't give a shit. Everyone, yeah. We're drinking on the street thinking we're having the best time of our lives. Oh, uh, well, you haven't looked back, have you? <laughs> nah, not, not, not since then. <laughs> so after that, so you, you've you've gone back to Bangkok. So did you just go up there to have a bit of a blow-off? or, Well, you know, pardon the pun, maybe. <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> just to blow some steam off? or. Uh, yeah, I think we just went there because we were training hard and it was, you know, they wanted to show me. And Darren w- Darren actually started training in uh, Pattaya at Sikyatong years before. Oh, yep, so yep. he knew the area quite well. But um, so yeah, back to Bangers, trained up, fought, came home, um, back to Dana's, and then started training with uh, well Dana rest in peace. He, I remember I got the phone call in two. Th- it must have been two thousand, I think. Some um, getting into the car to head to the airport with my crew to go to Thailand for the first gym tour that I did. I got a phone call saying Dana's dead, and I was like in shock. Couldn't believe it. But, um, I'll never forget that moment, just jumping into the car, heading to to the airport in uh, in Melbourne. So anyway, after that was training with Ron, uh, the fights in Japan. I remember I f- that was my last fight. It was in, um, oh, what's that big hole? Kurikan Hall I fought there. I fought a Japanese featherweight champion. Um, yeah, he beat me on points. I had to lose a, a hell of a lot of weight. And when I got to... Japan, they said no. The w- you got to lose an extra kilo because yeah, the, the old like, classic oh, shit. <laughs> so the you know that's the way it goes over there. Yeah, and um, but it was, it was amazing. I love Japan as well. F- I fought there twice. I brought my students over there. I think I've had five or six free trips over there, um, and I love the place. Tokyo is amazing. Osaka. Hopefully, we can get ourselves over oh, there soon. Mate. Mate. <laughs> I'll try and yeah, right, see where so. we can go. <laughs> so. I'd like to, obviously, you just talked about Ron and things like that, and it's, you know, a bit fresh off the, not fresh off the press, but there's only recently your Thai trainer, one of, you know, your closest friends, Seng Tin Noi, also yeah. passed away. Yeah. Rest in peace to Seng Tin Noi. Um, talk to us, how did that friendship develop? Because I know he's had a, a, a few foreigners go through there and a lot of Aussie boys, you know, Wayne Pass spent a lot of time there and things like that. But when you see you and Seng Tin together, it's very much so like a father-son combination, you know what I mean? And like, he obviously is really clo- he was really close with your son Tanat and yeah. So how did you end up training at Sanctins and how did that d- how did that develop to what it became? When Pitu was Sanctinoy when he was in uh, Melbourne, he fought in Melbourne in Crown Casino and Tarek Show Thailand versus Australia and he fought a, a mate of mine Marcus Mangan from Sydney, and um, I remember being out the back in the changing rooms and seeing all the ties, and after the fight. After Sanctian fought Marcus, he gave me his shorts. Oh, the shorts that you hang up yeah, in the gym. Yeah, yeah the M1 he signed them. The Emroy Hasip. The M150, my knee limit. He signed the shorts and I was like, wow, this is so cool, man. I've watched this guy on VHS for years, you yeah. know, the deadly kisser. <laughs> and um, yeah, he gave me his shorts, signed them. I gave him a, uh, a gold uh, necklace 
with a boxing glove on it with my name on it that this uh, young Greek chick that I was seeing on and off she gave me so I'm like man trust I've got, the, I've trust got the got Greek chick to throw your gold chain yeah <laughs> 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 you're probably pulling it off <laughs> anyway so that was 98 and a few years later I um, sent some of my first fighters was Ben Spivak and Brett Franklin over there I can't might have been 2003 or something uh, real early days and um, I'd already met Wayne Parr and got to know him as well and heard his stories about everything so I sent Benny and Brett over there and Benny lasted seven months and Shit. Brett lasted 11 months from memory and um, you know I remember the letters I'd get from Ben saying how hard it was and See, that's just a, that's a whole nother. It's like a time warp. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't. Yeah. There was no get picking up the phone. I didn't. They wouldn't have even had a phone there until probably two thousand. No, that's it. Actually, I got real letters from from Ben, like yeah, written letters, which I could. There's beauty inside decipher. of that, you know. That, that yeah, that was the early days. So that was when my first. That was like yeah, very two thousand three, I reckon. Um, and because uh, Muay Thai wasn't, it still was like in its infancy in Melbourne. It was very um kickboxing here as you know so um we were fighting up in queensland i was taking my boys up there and my guys were only only just started out and they were fighting like the superstars up there and that's just the way it was you you know you go up there you fight five threes and that's when i met ray matsumura and got to know wayne parr uh, better as well the early days that's always been super fight style man we're not afraid of any any challenge yeah for some sure. people think you know it's a bit crazy but the, the amount of times your boys have pulled off the you know the, un, the unthinkable but let's who, who uh, dares wins mate who that's dares exactly wins. right let's have a let's have a little break and we'll catch up again and we'll go into you know your past fighters and things like that and sure then we'll recap from there but we can come together, yeah. talk about the weather, call that Australia Day. I said, how about March 8th? That's a good one. And we can do it on your nails, great. And we're back. So we, s- we left off talking about sending your, your fighters. Your gym just started, the Superfight Gym. Mm-hmm. Um, how... How long How long have you been here in St Kilda, the Superfight Gym? This building I've been... We, I moved in December 2009. Started trading like twelve years ago, yeah, twelve, yeah, twelve yeah. years, shit, that long already. Oh so wow. I've been here, um, you know, because before that I was sharing different buildings with people. So I'm like, mm. got sick of that, and thought I need my own my own place. And that's the name, really that's spot. the the name, um, I did a show in 2010 with a mate of mine, and we called it Super Fight Promotions. Okay. And he helped me get my foot in the door in this building. So I liked the name. And it was kind of like my first gym was Superlek. And then, you know, I've, it's all, you know, I've always been like Don Miller Muay Thai as well, you know. Um, so I thought I liked the name Super Super Fight. The name is the show. Same as the show. So we uh, decided on Super well, Fight it Gym. It, it is a synonymous name. I mean, around around the country yeah. now, the super yeah, fight. It is. You, you, you produce some good fighters. I mean, not good yeah. fighters, well, some world class fighters. Back in the day, I only trained fighters, um, and it's not sustainable forever. Like mm. I love Muay Thai. I'll always, you know, you know, I'm always happy to to train, you know, the young prospects and that kind of thing. But back then, I was just holding pads every day and f- like the Mike 300 and O'Neill and. Joel then how Fisher. would you make so with the with fight? promotions and and mm-hmm. th- you get paid the fight the promotions will pay the gym um a, a, a purse or 
Is it a prize money or would you, would that, would you yeah. get paid for? Yeah. You mean as a promoter or as no, a No, no. As a, like back, back, back then. How were you making money? How, how was the gym surviving? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, just students paying me. Um, yeah. And then I'd take, you know, a percentage of the purse. If they okay, yeah. All right. Um, some of the guys didn't pay me. So they don't, you know, because I train a lot of people for free as well. You're talking about promoters? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Actually, there's only one promoter that didn't pay. I think everyone knows who. <laughs> 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 we won't go into that. No, no. He, pay, he, paid it, he didn't pay with money anyway. Uh, yeah, <laughs> okay, okay. That, 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 that's another podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, 12 years here, uh, you know, and I'm moving into the building. I already had some well-established fighters like Mike and Nicole. and um, you We know, can touch on those. O'Neill as well. O'Neill? O'Neill Ortega, yeah, he's like a, he's a, a top trainer now actually in Melbourne. Yeah, he's I see, working I see out of dominance. Yeah. So he's got some, he's carrying the, the torch. Very, very proud of what he's done. A lot of my guys, Perry Maniatis, guys that have trained with me at my gyms, even Andrew Colgrave was training at my gym out in uh, Paran. I was out there for a while. Uh, Keith, Keith Grant, we became best mates after um, he rocked up to the gym I had there uh, with his girlfriend at the time, and then we ended up living together. And mm. it's kind of you guys, you guys seen Step Brothers? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not unlike that. I've even I've even had trained under Keith. Yeah, no, he's, yeah. he's he's that a good dominance. laugh. Was that dominance? Too, yeah, yeah, he's a good trainer. He's he's got some champions as well coming through. Um, that's what I like because I can't, you know, I'm, you can't do it forever. And right now, you know, to me, well, for years now, it, it's gone the other way. I'd rather, it's more classes now and teaching people Muay Thai and, and getting the kids going and the, and the, the ladies as well, self-defense side of things. Yeah. Rather than just grassroots. just grassroots, yeah. Rather than just fighters, you know. Before I was just fighters, fighters, fighters. My body's wrecked now from holding pads for 25 years. So back in the day, it would just be me holding pads for all my pro fighters because I didn't want they. You know, the way I saw it, you shouldn't be holding for each other. Now I don't think like that. Now I'm like like Mike 300. If you gave him a pair of tie pads, he wouldn't know what to do with them. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But he was um, one of Australia's best. Um, junior middleweights the one thing he knows how to do with him is fucking kick, kick him hard yeah well right. he's probably why my elbows are fucked too <laughs> but um I've, I've only been like you know very young in my, what i'm calling my coaching career or my pad holding career i've had had guys 140 kilos but then no one has ever compared yeah, to mike's <laughs> left kick because he was a bony prick as well yeah. you know what i mean He'll break through the pad, electric shocks coming through so touching yeah. on people so like so Mike's probably your most well-known fighter, yeah, yeah, he along with Pixie, I'd say. Yeah, Mike for the males, I'd say that there was um, there was a few others. There was Joel Fisher. Yeah, another he, great he fighter. Was, he was really technical. He, and did smart. he go off? He went down the MMA trail he, for a he bit. He took didn't off. He? Yeah, he disappeared, and then he went down went to the dark to side. MMA, yeah. The dark side. <laughs> yeah. I told him, man. I warned him. I said it's not going to end well, and he did his knee on I think his second fight or third yeah. fight because it's a wild, um, wild ride. He, uh, who else did we have? There's O'Neill and there was Mike. Nicole would be the best of the females. Sam Bark? Sam Bark later on, definitely, yeah. Sam lived and stayed um, with us for ages on and off. Another uh, so one actually, that's gone down the dark side. Yeah, he's... Um, Hopefully he comes back because he's... Yeah, yeah, send him to Sankians as well. And I said, mate, you, you're serious about training. I'll send you to my friend's gym. If you can last a year there, you're going to be good. And he lasted on and off three years, I think, so... Uh, yeah, he's so yeah. Superfight holds the most 
WMC and WBC state titles? I'm correct? not sure. Once upon a time we did. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I think at one stage we definitely did in Victoria. Um, you know, Mike had a few few WBC, WMC, so did O'Neill, Nicole as well. There was a few, you know, for a small gym. Um, and now it's all the, the new breed coming out. But, yeah. you know, it just, uh, under all the lockdowns now, it's like, you know, the shows are few and far between. So um, hopefully time. we can see some more championship belts being fought for. Hopefully we can just see some more Muay Thai, full yeah. stop. That's uh, the, the very first fight I had for you is when we went up to, I think we touched on it last week, yeah. Makai, and I forgot to mention Pride that. Pride and Glory, yeah. W- the only reason I got a gig on there was because that's when Mike was fighting for the Australian title against That's Andrew right. Keogh. Keogh, yeah, for the middleweight. smashed middle him around. Yeah, yeah, they fought twice. Yeah. Um, that might have been the first, but that was for the belt. I think belt. that was the first yeah, one for yeah. the belt, and Mike won that, and that's that's what kicked Did off our get, celebrations. Yeah, was Blair there too? That's Yeah, because yeah, we t- I touched <laughs> on that last week about my first experience with you, fighting yeah. with you, and, you know, how you took me up to there, and that's, yeah, that's when Toby fought. Did Mark Jelsey fight on that same show? Or yes. Was another one. That's yeah. when Mark fought that guy who was about 65 kilos heavier than <laughs> him by the time he finished weighing. Yeah. Mark, it was me, myself, Mike, Mark, and the, the Tin Man, remember? He'd only had a couple of fights. The English <laughs> fellow, the Tin Man. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I God. Remember his name. Chris. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was a right. great experience. After Mike and O'Neill and Pix in that, you've had, obviously, Sam came through. Then, like you were saying before about how a lot of your guys have gone on to to their own coaching gigs and things like that, like O'Neill's obviously doing really, really well. Got a few WBC state state mm, champions yes. under his belt. As, as we were saying off air, like I can think of five gyms within you know f- within fifteen kilometers that are all ex fighters of yours. Yeah. Oh, so Ross Newland as well. Yeah, big He's Ross. He's doing really well. Uh, Corey Smith's got his own gym. Obviously, Corey, Kim yeah. Olsen used to be in there as well. Yeah. Well, Kim was never one of my students. Well, he trained with us, but he was already established. But yeah, Kim Kim started up his own gym, and now he's back in Perth. Uh, big hello to Kim and Mandy out there. Ross Ross is at Extreme. Um, you know, he's he's. I used to throw him in in with anyone back in the day. Like we, my guys were all. There was, a, there was a lot of Cambodian fighters in Melbourne. You know, about ten years ago. So my guys were fighting them every month almost. You, know? you have in jujitsu. There's like we, we t- they talk about lineages of mm. the where the martial arts come or where they've been trained on who they got their black belt from. You know the Gracie lineage. Is it similar to like Thai Thai fighters? How you started off at a gym in New Zealand, New Zealand, mm-hmm. and he was a and so you learned from him, and then you're just teaching him the the rest of the boys. Is it is there oh. a, is it does it does it does the lineage go There's like that? Is it no, do you talk about? I've learned different things from different trainers mm-hmm. um, and some of the trainers weren't my trainers like Sangtian and I he was never my trainer yeah I'd been retired for years but I sent my boys to him and when I'd go to Thailand usually you know nine times out of ten if I wasn't Thailand I'd go see w- stay with him okay yeah, yeah okay. Like, you don't stay long enough so I'd always try <laughs> and make a visit and stay and he'd take me out to the best pad Thai and take me to shows and yeah I'd, what I'd film his guys training and they became big names, you know, really mm. big names. So um, I like to pass on what I, what I've learnt, yeah, and the way I see things. Um, and yeah, I guess I, I'm, I feel quite happy knowing that f- my former students and fighters are, uh, c- you know, continue continuing the, the flag, yeah. you know, as it were. Um, yeah, yeah, it makes me happy, you know, because that's what it's about. 
It's uh, well, that's what Sam does. When I'm gone, <laughs> when yeah. I'm gone, that's it. I'm gone, and they, you know, who they have to continue and and so on and so forth with their students. Hopefully, mm. that that happens. I see a lot of the Australians now. There's there's a lot of Australians that do fight over in Thailand now in Bangkok. Mm-hmm. Um, back in the day, you had your, you know, the the. There weren't many many foreign fighters fighting yeah. in the bank. You it was hard. We I talked about Raymond Decker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. W- the, the early days when Decker was going like 90-90 and stuff mm. and Danny Bill, you know, a year or two later, the ties, the, the gym, like they only fought each other most of the time and it was very hard to go into a, into a Thai gym and just, it was, you know, like Danny Bill, he struggled for for a while just to for them to recognize him and it would have been real tough times real yeah. t- because the ties were very secretive they didn't want any westerners knowing their their style you know yeah. so um decker decker was trained by his his stepfather and he was bashing a f- few ties and getting bashed by them but he w- he did it for 7 years straight almost so he's the only westerner in to walk into Thailand and through immigration not have to show his passport. Yeah. Which is pretty amazing. That is amazing. And I they all knew who he was, wherever he went, Decker, Decker, because they loved him because it didn't matter. They didn't care if he lost or whatever. And if he won, it was usually by knockout. And they would mess him around, you know. They'd tell him the weight was different or they'd send him to one area when the show wasn't in that area. It was another 50 k's away. Yeah, they messed him around, mate. Ties, the ties, you know. Yeah, well it's it's like, I'm married to a tie, so, <laughs> <laughs> you know. They didn't, they didn't want the national sport to exactly. be infiltrated. That's yeah. a, uh, there was a, Danny Bill just released a doco actually talking about it. How I think he said he spent something like eight and a half months on the bags before he yeah. and he only yeah. fought from the bags. He still never got any pad rounds. Even he was knocking people out left, right, yeah. center. It took yeah. it took until I think he won a I think it was a hundred thousand baht fight that they went oh, no, oh yeah oh, come yeah. in now we'll pads for you, you know, yeah. like that. and they were scared of him. You know, Sanktian fought him two or three times and he's like. He goes, I wasn't scared of Decker. He goes, Decker hit really hard. He said he kicked really hard too. Um, but technically he wasn't scared of him. But they were all scared of Danny Bill. And he, he beat them at their own game. Yeah. And he made it look effortless as well. Definitely one of my all-time. sweeping like all of the top, top tires and yeah. things like that. And then they would, they would just, you'd see the look on their face <laughs> of just pure anger. And then you beat them that way. Yep. He'd make sure. them lose their own fight. Exactly. So that's changed. You know, that through the years, it was, you know, if you look at Lumpany Champs, uh, non-Thai Lumpany champs um, and Raja champs, the first ones, the early days would have been 60s, 70s, Japanese champions defeating the Thais on their own yeah. turf. Yeah. Then it w- was the uh, Murad Sari from France. He was the first uh, Westerner to win a Lumpany belt, 140-pound Lumpany belt. What uh, year was that? Oh, what that decade? 90s? No, 80s? Late, maybe 99, 2000, oh something okay, like cool. that. No, it would have been late 90s. Then it was... Um, Alamos? Damien Alamos, who's yeah. a good mate of mine. He was uh, next one. Then Rafi. Um, all French. Yeah. You know, they're um, all the French boys. And then after that was like Yassin. Oh, no, yeah, Yusuf. Yeah, yeah, he's the, b- the bigger guys. Um, Yusuf, yeah. Yusuf, Bog- yeah. Bogenham and things mm-hmm. like that. And then now now the Brazilians are, uh, are really coming through. They're Brazilian very strong. Brazilians are doing really well. Um, especially like... like I. I've, I've personally only ever gone, or not only, but I've spent the majority of my training time in, in Phuket when I go, and everyone goes, that's not real Muay Thai, that's not real Muay Thai. Which um, they've got real Muay Thai there, plenty of... Now, so like that Phuket yeah. Fight Club with those Brazilian yeah. boys down there, man, they're causing havoc, you know? Like one of their boys just won the Omnoy yeah. state title, uh, the, the Omnoy 
title the as well. Welterweight boys are, are um, they're going places. And another good gym there is uh, Sing Partong, yeah. who have been producing A-class ties and Lumpany champs uh, like uh, Damien and Panek and Pentai um, over the last 10 years or so. There's so hopefully we see that come back again in the next few years. There's always been that kind of, you know, that the mix. The hostility and thing. Not the thing people going, oh, you know, Bangkok's where you got to go to train. Yeah, or no, a Bangkok fight is the best and things like that. But what, a bit closer to home, we'll go. Like, obviously, you and I, we've known each other for a long time. We know our views on certain places in certain states. You know, like, we have our little joke about sometimes the Queensland Muay Thai is just the K1 with elbows and <laughs> things like that. But yeah. So, in your personal opinion, like we were saying at the start, who do you think is the strongest state at the moment? And who do you think is showing the most promise? So, strong, strongest state would be WA. Probably, yep. I would say, 10 years now. They would have been, would be. Um, before that, Queensland. The best kids in Australia and the most kid, you know, children, fighters would be Queensland. Um, and, you know, Victoria is coming through strong you know style wise over the last few years thanks to guys like Sai with rebellion um putting on you know giving the opportunities for young guys weren't there as much and he's a good matchmaker he's a good friend prick of a guy but you know he's <laughs> <laughs> he's um you know melbourne's coming through um new south wales as well um, my good mate of mine, Andy Parnham and Item up there, they're doing well. Lewis, you know, they're, they're all traditional stylists. They're all ex-fighters like me. Um, so, yeah. it's. So would you say uh, as a whole, Australian Muay Thai is starting to, to grow again? Because obviously yeah. there was, well, what we would call the Australian golden era, you know, with like evolution show yeah. and stuff like the that. The golden era definitely, I think, uh, would have been Queensland. Um, back in the, you know, like early... Soren and Wayne Parr. Soren, Wayne Parr, Pic um, Pixie and um, Aaron Lee, those yeah, those guys. Yeah. And then obviously there was a bit of a decline. Where I don't know. My theory was that the MMA started to kind of get in, into... Yeah, USC came it, over. Yeah. And then everyone kind of went back. But now... We're coming back because, you know, back. people, everyone you know, the, the, the more you watch UFC and MMA, like for me as well, then you can you can't compare it to Muay Thai. Like one of them is just beautiful to watch. Like I don't want to watch dudes rolling around on the floor. Yeah. You know, um, I know it's to watch. It's not beautiful to actually do it. I know there's a lot of techniques involved, and it's it's um it's a bit of a science. Yeah. But t watching a a beautiful Muay Thai fight, as far as the striking arts go, nothing beats it. You are a traditionalist, though, man. That, you know, yeah. you're very traditional in, in the way you train and the way you look at yeah. ties. Yeah. Thank you. But the <laughs> and then, like we we'll talked, we touched on it last week. You know what I mean? Um, Muay Thai is still the strongest striking platform for all the MMA fighters as well. Mm -hmm. All the champions, like obviously, it's not your your kettle of fish, but mm -hmm. all the champions all have a strong Muay Thai background because yeah. it is the best. And like Definitely. we were saying last week, it's been proven time and time again. Like how we threw, or you, sorry, you threw Sam into the K1 eight man. Mm. You know what I mean? You took away. Yeah, a, a he few beat three K1 champs in one night. Exactly right. And just smashed them apart. And it's happened numerous of times. Yeah. Well, he couldn't have done that without his, the, the training he had with me, with Sanctian, because, um, yeah, he did it all in a with a broken hand as well. Yeah. And like, like, as you were saying at the very, very start, when we were talking about it, how it's, you know, the... 
when you walked into that gym and you seen the boys just you know that they'll every shot was a hundred percent power, not this pitter patter pitter patter yeah. and then you know seven punch combo and things like that. Yeah, <laughs> but that's that's the difference in some of the you know the way things yeah. are taught and even like when we when we went and cornered Charlie when he fought that that fellow from um, Turkey I think it was yeah. fifty and zero or yeah. something. Charlie just left kick bang Basics. bang yeah. bang bang that's took right. him out. Charlie Bub Danny Mac. Good boys. Another good set of boys, yeah. But yeah. like as we said, Muay Thai in Australia, it's starting to grow. It's obviously part of the reason why we've started our, you know, our little podcast here to try and give everyone a bit of inside information and, you know, whatever we can do. So the next card that I believe that is on is going to be the Muay Thai Grand, Grand Prix, Prix yeah. in Perth. Yeah, Gab's show. Gab's show. Um, I think it's scheduled for the 28th of August from memory. I think so, yeah. Chad Collins taking on a local Thai fighter. Yeah, I, I think he K- must K- be local. Kublam? So apologies for getting the name wrong I'm not there. sure where he's from, that Thai. Um, and our girl, Tiff Lamb's she's scheduled. Yeah, she's meant to be on it. Uh, might be out with a little injury. Yeah. I'm not sure yet. Hopefully, Hopefully. we get she gets through that because mm-hmm. there's nothing better than watching Tiff Lamb in the ring, mate. Absolute oh, technician. Pleasure to watch. Lovely girl. As our first uh, Muay Thai royalty guest, we'd just like to really say thank you for coming on. Uh, You're welcome, boys. It's been a pleasure. Been a good little chat, good little insight to getting to know you. There's a lot more <laughs> to to the Don show that uh, we didn't get to touch on, but um, thank God. <laughs> some of it's for off air, but maybe <laughs> down the track, mate, we'll uh, we'll have another yarn 100%, and see yeah. see how we've gone through the shows and yeah. yeah. There's there's so much to talk about. Thanks for having me, guys. Let's go ah, start these yeah. Harleys up. No worries, mate. I didn't know m- m- a lot of things about you then, but uh, thank you very much, Donny. You're welcome, mate. I'm actually an Aries too, my star sign. Sorry, what's I'm that? I'm an Aries. Are you an Aries? <laughs> Can we talk about uh, no, how I call you Jeff Epstein? And how I call you Bill Cosby. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the hashtag, guys, the hashtag is <laughs> Bill and Jeff's uh, Creepy Adventures. <laughs> uh, but until next week, guys. Thanks, mate. No, Stay thank safe. You. They'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye.